And we're off. It is 9.03 a.m. U.S. Pacific Standard Time here in Los Angeles, Thursday, December 22nd, 2022 A.D. Streaming on YouTube, Rumble, various platforms. Let me check my Odyssey, make sure that... Yes, indeed. And we're going to have a fun guest for you guys today. Dylan Burns is back for part three on Hake. Nice. He's a former Fallen State guest. He's host of the Hippy Dippy Round Table, which I don't know if they're still doing. I don't think so. Ukraine uh, war journalist. And we'll get started with that soon. But it's Christmas time. Christmas time is almost here. And we got to play a Christmas song. Let's crank this track. All is well. You know JLP's tagline, All is well? By Michael W. Smith. Based Gen X or Boomer, right? Enjoy, and then we'll get started with the show, guys. And you may have to listen closely because it's old, so it may be recorded quietly. So we'll crank it as loud as we can. Here it is, I think. I know it's quiet, guys.
Wasn't that nice, guys? Those of you who could hear it. I know it was a bit quiet. Well, guys, we're going to have a fun show for you guys. I do have an appearance today. Just a quick announcement before we get going. Tonight, Hake joins the Crucible. I've owed them an appearance since August because that's when I was out all those months. August through like almost November, I was out. So I'm going to be debating, should conservatives support Kanye? Kanye West? Yay? Versus Aircraft Sparky. A young man will be putting Hake on trial about Kanye West and the conservatives. Beautiful, Hake. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Shout out to Michael W. Smith. So all that and your calls. And once we connect with Dylan Burns, you will be able to call in and talk with him. Oh, and then crank down the volume because we're going to play the intro music. But anyway, guys, let's get right on with the show. Have you been naughty or nice? you guys doing? I am fine. I am wearing my NRA Protect Your Right something like that t-shirt that I bought when I was a 13 year old or 15 or 16 year old guy who was kicked out of his school for wearing a t-shirt like this. Well he had his cutoffs but the uh, the schools don't support the right to bear arms. They hate guns. Um before we get started with my guests, we're still connecting here. Hang tight, guys. Oh, is he ready already? Okay. Before we get started, I gotta read. I'm remiss in not reading the super chats from the past few days and past few months, honestly. So, hang tight, callers. Hang tight, people. D- by the way, Dylan Burns does want to uh, hear from you. So, you guys can call in 888-775-3773. But... Quick, some quick super chats from the past few days. Uh, I know I saw one on. I know I saw a few over on um, Streamlabs.com/slash/TheHakeReport. Base America first said, unsurprisingly, rhinos are so weak that they're giving up control before they even have it. McCarthy, McConnell. Plan to pass a $1.7 trillion budget before the new Congress convenes. They can pretend they didn't vote for it and then have no budget battles until next September. Huh. Base America First also says, Good debate slash after show on the nebulous Great Reset. YouTube posted Wikipedia as its expert reference on yesterday's stream the other day, a couple days ago. T-Jump, my debate opponent from the other day on Modern Day Debate, only cites the gold standard of experts and studies that agree with him. Epic Times' October article found widespread peer review fraud. Wow. Very interesting. Thank you, Based America First. And Carver 
It says, uh, Lord Goodhair made T-Jump into a T-Chump. Have some Little Caesars to celebrate. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, and I think that we are, are we connected now? Is that him? Is that him? Is it a frozen picture or is it him? Dylan Burns, are you there? Oh. Hey, I think we hear him. Okay, and press one in the chat if you hear him. Press two if you do not hear him. How you doing, Dylan Burns? I'm doing okay. I'm uh, back from Ukraine, back in the States. I'm back in my, my hometown in Maryland. I'm happy to be with family for this Christmas. Uh, being surrounded by people I love and they love me. Uh, being able to spend this time with them is really important to me, so I'm happy I'm back in the States. Right on, man. Welcome home, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry uh, Christmas. You look like you're broadcasting from an attic. Can you turn on, turn him, show him on the screen? I know it's a little bit jumpy. Like you're a, your picture is almost frozen. Is your picture? Picture is almost frozen. Um, it, for me, it, it looks good, but it, it might be some problem with the connection. Okay. Yeah. True. Might be all. Might be all that liberal infrastructure in Cali. <laughs> I know. Or it could be on our end. Who knows what's going on? But let me introduce you to the people. This is Dylan Burns of Dylan Burns TV. He's returning as my guest for the third time on the Hake Report. Dylan Burns third seven, time. seventeen Dylan Burns seventeen seventy six on Twitter. Dylan Burns TV on YouTube. He has other channels as well. And uh, you can visit DylanBurns.tv. A politically active young man, a Democrat, very interested and knowledgeable about foreign policy. Very well read. Spent some months in Ukraine during this Ukraine war against Russia, working on a documentary as a pro-Ukraine journalist. So check him out. And today we will be talking about uh, the U.S. support for Ukraine. I believe he says we should be supporting Ukraine. We're doing what we should be doing. And, and so although he agrees with the Democrats and rhinos who say we should be, it's, our, it's a priority. And we'll also talk about Kanye West also known as Ye, because he's been out spouting off on various different things. We may touch on Elon Musk's Twitter actions and maybe that Taliban ban on women's education over there in uh, at least higher education, right, in high on Universities. Uh, universities and secondary uh, education. Right, over in Afghanistan. And... Dylan Burns hopes to take your calls, too, so feel free to call in 888-775-3773. He found you guys interesting last, last yeah, time. Yeah, you know what? I had such a lovely time last time. You know, uh, you guys showed me a lot of love, uh, especially that one guy. Uh, he was very <laughs> nice to me. So I, I thought, you know, I want to make sure that these kind people get another chance to talk to me if they want it. Indeed. I think that uh, you're referring to Tatface Joker. Yes, Tatface. Tatface <laughs> He's a very saintly man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, he's going places. Cussing for the Lord. <laughs> he, cussed, he cussed on a family-friendly, children's-friendly Hake Report show. <laughs> Do you, uh, would you consider your show children-friendly, uh, Hake? Yeah, I try to keep it children's-friendly. Um, I do sometimes say dumb, and I'm, I try to keep it lighthearted and friendly, and although I criticize harshly ladies and... LGBT people and blacks and everybody, really. Um, I do try to keep it classy and 
lovingly, lovingly harsh criticism as much you, as I You can. like to make loving criticism of black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Indeed. Got you. Um, you may recall Dylan Burns is, he appeared in January on The Fallen State and, and um, of this year, 2022, and January on The Hake Report and in May on The Hake Report. So we have like a black screen looking at you, man, but we're going to make do because oh, no. I'm excited to well, talk about it. Talk with you. You know, m- maybe if I turn on my camera, turn it on and off again, maybe that'll help. That Hopefully. may help. Okay. Stay. Cool. Dylan... Hopefully. Or, or it'll go terribly wrong and Discord will crash. I know. Hopefully not. <laughs> and it went terribly wrong and Discord crashed. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are oh, connecting no. through Discord. It? Yes, it did. I can hear you, though. Yes, it did immediately. <laughs> I can hear him, but he can't hear me. <laughs> so, guys, um... Dylan Burns has hosted Hake on Uh-oh. the on the Hippy Dippy Round Table. Hopefully he doesn't cuss. <laughs> on the Hippy Dippy Round Table quite a number of times. So I appreciate him having me on. Very liberal guy. Oh, you muted him? Okay. You can unmute him, I guess, because I don't think he'll cuss. He's a Christian. Um Hippy Dippy Round Table, we talked about a whole bunch of different things. And sometimes I'm, it's what, me against my fellow conservatives and the liberals on the Hippie Dippy Roundtable. And so he hosted that for quite some time. I don't know if he's still doing Hippie Dippy Roundtables. It's like eight people all debating for three and a half hours. And uh, it's, a, it's a great format if you, can, if you can hang that long. Very cool. You, so... He has disconnected for a, a second here, and I don't know if it's my, it's not my fault! It's not my fault! Let me get to more Super Chats, because I'm so remiss in not reading those Super Chats, guys. Uh, Lin Yen Chin said, quote, he, two days ago he, he gave this Super Chat, I vaguely remember being three years old and only having base impulses relating to enjoyment of food and comfort of family. Actually, thinking only started around age four. Thinking, he says. Started around age four. Thoughts do not come before emotions. Emotions cause thoughts to form, and they work together as one. I think it's a a vicious circle, uh, Lin Yen Chin. Are you back, Dylan? I'm back. I'm not going to press any buttons this time. Uh, I tried to fix it, but it just resulted in a crash. So I think it's probably on my end. Okay. I've got this janky computer that I use throughout all of Ukraine. So that might explain why it's, uh, it's not working too well. <laughs> well, no worries, man. Um, we'll just have, we'll just show, I think, I guess you could show that screen. Well, I don't know. He's, he's trying. We're trying guys. Try my best. So man, uh, you were in, how many months did you spend in Ukraine? About four or five months, something around that time. Wow. And you went into, did you go into pretty hair, any hairy areas? Is, is the whole thing kind of at risk? I, I, went, I went into every major oblast that was still controlled, at least in part, by Ukrainian forces. I went to the front line. I went to areas that were not near the front line. I went just about everywhere. Wow. Did you have somebody there whom you trusted? Like, how did you connect with people to know your way around? Well, when I decided that I was going to go to Ukraine, I, I called some people that I know that work in the industry, work in this part of the world. 
uh, and they were able to get me in contact with people, many of whom I consider very close friends now, that I was able to work with throughout my entire time there. I made sure to surround myself with experts who had a lot of experience in the field. Um, I worked with a guy called Patrick Hillsman, who has experience covering the war in Syria, and so having him there with me a lot helped me, since he has been in some pretty hairy situations himself. I also was with people who had former military experience, uh, so, you know, people who have been in combat situations before. I was with other war journalists, and so I surrounded myself with people that I knew had experience, know, knew that they could help me if we got into a, you know, a, a, a scary situation, and, uh, you know, I, I trusted them, and they trusted me, and we were able to get through it. I plan to go back in late January, early February. I want to get some more footage. Wow. And so you're working on a documentary that you'll be putting out when? So originally, I was just going to be doing one documentary. Yeah. But I, I've i gotten bitten so much about this war <laughs> yeah. that I've decided that I'm just going to keep publishing piece after piece oh, okay. until um, until I, I either run out of money or the war ends. Um, so right now, the big piece that I'm working on right now is a piece on Starlink. I was able to get people to film, uh, a delivery crew to film their experience delivering Starlink to the front line earlier in the war. And I've, I'm using it as a narrative device to talk about all the controversies surrounding Elon Musk and Starlink and his proposed peace plan for the war and all, uh, and, uh, Starlink outages in the country that, that the army was using to direct drone strikes. And, uh, that's the big wow. piece I'm working on right now. Uh, that's that's the next one I'm going to publish, and I hope people look out for that. That's right. Elon Musk put out, tweeted out a proposed peace plan. Is that what you're referring to for the yes, Ukraine-Russia war? He um he has his company uh, SpaceX uh, help service uh, a a s system of microsatellites that is getting internet connection into Ukraine through the these uh, like Starlink antennas that the military and civilians are using to stay connected during the war. It's been extremely useful. There's only over twenty five thousand of these uh, antennas operating in Ukraine, and it's been extremely helpful. But then after Elon Musk started making peace proposals and then there were some outages amongst these the system of microsatellites in ukraine uh that even outages amongst uh situations where soldiers were using the the satellites actively during combat situations or so really dangerous stuff and so i wanted to make a video talking about how starlink how elon got involved in ukraine uh because he got involved in ukraine over a a twitter conversation with <laughs> the ukrainian uh digital minister fedorov which, which is super interesting. So I wanted to give like a complete uh, history of exactly how Starlink got involved, the controversy surrounding it, the benefits and negatives of having Starlink in Ukraine. And, um, and I also analyzed his peace proposal a lot in this piece as well. Okay. In short, what do you say about his peace proposal? I, I think that it's well-intentioned, but it's based off of um, A, some faulty history where I don't know where he got it when he talks about Eastern Ukraine. And B, it's also kind of a pipe dream. Where some things like sound good on paper, like when he says, oh, let's just redo the referendums. Uh -huh. Well, how do you redo the referendums when it's under Russian control? And so far, the Russians have had, you know, uh, have been very clear that they, they've been very obvious that they've been rubber stamping these things, that they're not being run fairly. And not to mention the fact that are we going to allow people who have been displaced by the war, people who are currently in Poland and Germany and all across the world who lived in these towns but have been forced away from the war, are they going to be able to vote? The Russians are probably going to object to that because the people who fled are going to be the most pro-Ukraine people because they were scared of getting captured or or falling within Russian-occupied uh, territory. 
Uh, there's also the dangers of hosting referendums in war zones, period. Part of the reason why I think a lot of these referendums are very clearly rubber stamp and fake is because they're done with very little preparation. They're done like an under a week with like like an announcement out of nowhere, not giving anybody time to research the options or, you know, go into it and really consider their, their options. It's just a rubber stamp process. So they don't really take the time to do all the proper safety precautions to make sure that when you're hosting a referendum in a war zone, you know, you're doing it safely. It's very hard to uh, operate a referendum in a war zone. And the front line is flexible right now. So do we freeze the conflict to host the referendum? And whose soldiers are going to be occupying the territory which is hosting the referendum? Are, will they engage in voter intimidation? There's a million different questions to be asked, and Elon didn't propose any of the answers to it. And so for me, it's like, oh, it's a sweet idea, but it's a pipe dream. It'd be like trying to host a, an election in 1944 France during the middle of the war. It's like, ah, I mean, you could try to, but it's, you know, it's, it's just going to end up being a mess. And so a referendum for those who didn't catch on is a vote by the people, yeah. or supposedly by the people. Um, now, I say that our subsidizing, if you will, of the war in Ukraine has prolonged it and done more harm than good because had we not, we and the rest of the world, not been subsidizing Ukraine's war against Russia, they would have been forced to surrender and make peace already or that's basically my sense about it am i am i wrong about that what what is bad about I, that i do think it's wrong because i know you and me agree on the idea that you never surrender to evil uh that uh the struggle against evil is something that that, that is constant uh hake and the 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 goals of the russian war effort are evil goals where they're trying to take away people's uh freedom to speak their language they are trying to take away who they have voted to be their leader. They have already removed many people from democratically elected seats and mayorships throughout occupied territory. They've engaged in evil things like torture and uh, murder. And in some instances, uh, even though like the research on this is a lot less concrete, but from my personal conversations with people, I, I've there have been claims of rape by the Russian army. There's been documented instances of looted, looting. And the government has been... I, and a lot of times pretty open about these crimes, like when the Russians filmed their execution of somebody with a sledgehammer, posted it online, and then sent a sledgehammer with their military logo of the Wagner Group to an EU representative. They're, they're very open about this, you know, they're not very bashful about this type of evil behavior. And so we could say like, oh, well, maybe the violence would stop if they didn't, if, you know, Ukraine ran out of ammunition, right? I don't think that's necessarily true. Because the violence hasn't stopped over the last eight years in the Donbass and occupied territory for the civilians who have been tortured and kidnapped and have disappeared, never to be found again until like a year later in some ditch, you know, just their bones and like little pieces of the clothing. And if the Russians were to take over large swaths of Ukraine like they have, we've already seen their behavior. When the Ukrainians liberated Izium, they uncovered the largest mass grave uh, in all of Europe since the end of the Yugoslav civil wars, 440 uh, 40 bodies in a, in, a, in a mass grave. And that's just Izium. I've that, been to the Butcher mass grave. I've been to the other ones. They, these are some really are, horrific, evil actions. And those took place amidst this war, though, right? Yes, it, it took place amidst this war. But as we saw earlier, before the war commenced, the United States, and I didn't give it much credence at the time, they talked about how the Russians were making kill lists. Basically, the idea, like, these guys are our political opposition, these are the guys that will give us the most trouble, 
just get rid of them, and, you know, then the rest is easy peasy. Uh, and from how the Russians have behaved so far in this war, even when they occupy territory, and it's no and there's, like, no threat that the Ukrainians are going to come back and take it anytime soon, mm -hmm. they still engage in this behavior. And there's also something to be said about the idea that freedom isn't free. Our founding fathers knew that. They talked about this constantly. They made the decision to struggle against the British, even though a tremendous amount of people died during the Revolutionary War, uh, not only due to bullets, but to things like disease in these military camps and completely preventable deaths, but they understood that their freedoms were more worthwhile than that. In my conversation with Ukrainians, when I talk to them about the suffering they face, they say that our freedom, uh, which has been a multi-generational struggle, is more important than that. And Zelensky recently talked about how he wants to be the figure not to just like bring an end to this war, but to bring an end to that cycle of oppression and violence, to that evil. You know what, I, I don't see this war, though, as a battle of good versus evil. I see it, it seems to me, my impression of it is it's evil versus evil. I notice all the people whom, in my opinion, all the people who are from the West who are support, like the politicians and the um, mainstream people who are supporting this war, I see it as a trendy thing, and they're getting a bunch of people on board, you're getting, you know, the, the useful idiot public, if you will, not calling you mm -hmm. that. I'm just saying people who don't really pay much attention. It's the normie thing. Yeah. And, and you know, the Democrats and rhinos, they, I don't know where they tend to come together to stand for anything good. And this Zelensky guy doesn't seem very Christian friendly. And I understand that there's a lot of uh, subversion of churches, political subversion of churches in Ukraine and Russia and America and everywhere. But... I don't see, I see it as evil versus evil, and prolonging this war is only prolonging more evil and more killing and giving the excuse. I get that Russians may still continue to do injustices and great evils, even in peacetime, but I don't see Ukrainians as really being for true freedom. I don't see America's establishment government as being for real freedom for even Americans, you know, or, or, you know, it's, it's, so to me, it's evil versus evil. It's so all that, last time we talked, even granting mm -hmm. all the things that you said about what the Russians have, have done. Last time we talked, we talked a little bit about this dynamic about like, I don't trust this because all these people that I see as evil people, right. they believe it. So I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to sign up to it. And last time we discussed this, and I, I'm going to repeat this this thing I said last time. Yeah. Um. You're you are still allowing those people to dictate your beliefs. You're just doing it the 180, where it's like, well, they believe this, so I'm going to believe the opposite, or they believe this, so I'm going to believe the opposite. Could you imagine if I came in here and I closed my ears and I said, "Hey, I don't know what you said, but you're you're a right winger, so <laughs> whatever you said is wrong." Uh, and so it, just because you're the right winger, uh, I'm going to say you're wrong. Or if I said that about Donald Trump, like Donald Trump said it, so Donald Trump, so it's wrong. It, it sounds, it's a very reflective kind of reactive response Yeah. where I think the true free thinker type that I know is in you, Hake, I know you've got that true free thinking <laughs> uh, alpha male energy uh, would completely ignore uh, whether or not this person is in favor or against, you can make a note of it, but you got to look at the at the facts on the ground and all the information uh, separate from what the opinions of the people you don't like have. Because because if you allow them, if you allow their opinions about that to influence you, then you're allowing them to influence you in a way. You're allowing their opinions to decide your opinions, For which sure. is which is a bit which is beta behavior. Not no offense, of course. Um, 
None taken. But I, I would say when it comes to this idea of like, you know, the, the Zelensky being an anti-Christian guy, um, I think this is usually in reference to the Russian Orthodox Church. And I would say that Zelensky is a very, has been, showed himself to have a lot of strength when it comes to this war. And this is one of the examples of it. A lot of people think like, well, it's anti-Christian to, to launch these investigations into the Russian Orthodox Church. But the Russian Orthodox Church is, from all the historians that I've talked to, from the research that I've done, basically operates as an extension of the Russian state. The leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, Kirill, said on state TV, if you go to Ukraine and fight and die in the Russian army, you're guaranteed a spot into heaven. That type of a language... Yeah. Uh, is not the type of stuff that the Ukrainian government's going to look at and say, oh, that's an unbiased religious institution that's just worried about making sure that everybody acts in a godly way. That is the Russian Orthodox Church taking the word of God and twisting it to make them serve the interests of the Russian state. And so I don't think it's anti-Christian to call that out or launch investigations into an organization that is actively undermining the security of your people. And lastly, and I'll wrap up with this, you talk about the struggle between good and evil, and the Ukrainians are evil and, and to some degree. And I will say, Ukraine has a lot of problems. Of course they do. I would say, of course, the problems aren't to the same extent as the Russians would offer Ukraine in, during an occupation period. But during World War II, we had a lot of problems in the United States as well. When it comes to poverty, homelessness, Japanese internment camps. Even though Japanese Americans were perfectly willing to fight against the Japanese army, we still had those internment camps. And there was a lot of other bad things that were going on in the United States. We don't even need to agree on what those bad things necessarily were. But that doesn't mean that that war was evil versus evil. It's all it's shades of gray to some degree. But I do think even though no war is 100% black and white, there are shades of gray in between. Some wars can be more black and white than others, and I do think this is one of those wars. And I'm not necessarily... I, I get your point about... Uh reacting to people I disagree with and just going the opposite direction. And that's not what I intend to do. I do have some sympathies towards Russia and Russia's position a little bit. Um, I find, you know, conservatives for a long time, many years, have found Putin, different cherry-picked things about Putin to be interesting and like, oh, wouldn't that be nice in America? Um, just to have somebody who's like a little bit more manly, a little bit more at least on the face Christian friendly, but uh, I get that he may well be evil as well. And so my position is more like, let's stop funding this, taking us, let's stop taking a side in this, um, rather than support and enable uh, the ongoing killing, which you've already, you've basically already ad addressed that as, if we're if we stop funding it, we're allowing evil to win. But I don't. I th I think that we're fi continuing to fight is allowing evil to win too. We're we're messed up either way. I mean, I I would say war in and of itself is evil yeah. in the way that it takes life. Uh, I've met people who have lost fathers and sons and daughters, uh, very young daughters and sons to this conflict it's a, it's a massive tragedy yeah but in all these conversations where these people who are the ones who are feeling the effects of this evil in the most brutal personal way much more brutal in a way that i have felt it or you have felt it or anybody who doesn't live there felt it because it's it's really impossible to imagine your town in your city just completely erased in my in my recent piece on elon musk 
I wrote about the um, city of Papanza, which I never pronounced correctly. But after the Russians eventually did capture it, because that's where the Starlink ended up being used, um, they it was a city that was just gone. As in every building was completely unusable and the occupation forces announced, we are just not going to rebuild it. This city is just gone. It once was a city. It no longer is. And that is an amazing thing to to really try to process. Like you just walk back home like years after and the place where your city used to stand, just gone. Your school, your preschool, your grocery store, your 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 everything gone. It's an insane thing to to process. But I've talked to these people and even the people who have lost everything, never in any of the conversations that it ever end with. I think it's time to give them this. It's time to give them the Donbass. It's time to give them, maybe we should get rid of Zelensky and allow them to occupy the country. Maybe every single one who have felt the most brutal effects of this evil are also the ones that are the most steadfast in, in continuing the struggle. And so who am I to speak on their behalf and say that, uh, oh, you've had too much suffering. I know better than you, the person who uh, is going to have to deal with the loss of freedom if they lose. Yeah, but like the allowing victims and those are victims to to uh, dictate our policy, which is not exactly what's going on, but using the victims uh, position to justify our policy of of giving them billions and billions and tens of billions of 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 dollars worth of. Uh, military aid and whatever else we're doing it uh, to me that's not a justification because this is the way of the world it's it's uh people get taken over and like like i said those those horrors that you described are in part because this war has been allowed to drag on because we've enabled it to drag on so that's 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 still my position man and the callers can call in 888-775-3773. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned World War II and mm-hmm. how th- that is another war that I see maybe as evil versus evil. I, I don't know much about history. I, know, I think that you probably know a lot more than I do about it, at least the specifics and all that stuff. But, but my general sense is I suppose that the Revolutionary War was a, was a good thing. It got us our independence. And I appreciate the founders. Who, why is why are the founders not evil? I don't know. I don't consider them. I don't. I don't know why they're not evil. And they may well have been evil. But uh, okay, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see the more recent wars since then. Maybe any of them. I don't know. As having been good for America, or good for the world. And I'm not a, like a all-out, always anti-war guy at all. I've never been like that. I've seen that there's a time for to fight and everything, but I don't see those things. I don't see the so-called civil war as, as having been good for us. The World War One and Two it may have made us rich and raised our profile in the world, maybe, but I don't see those as having been good for America or the so world. So what? What war? Uh, just like, so I know that this isn't just like you would apply to every war, right? but is there any war that you would say, this was the good war that I think was worth fighting? I, my basic assumption, I have never, I have never questioned the Revolutionary War, America's War okay. of Independence. 
but you don't know if the founders were evil. I don't think of them as evil. I would say okay. no, they weren't. I don't know. I mean, everybody has evil in them, so you can find you can find evil in in all in all sides, of course. Oh, I, I would say that when you, when you say like, do you allow the victims to determine like when, when you're talking about the victims to determine the punishment for a crime in law? I understand the logic behind the victims obviously can't be the rational ones to decide this, right? But when you're talking about the victims trying to decide their own future, which is what would happen depending on the amount of aid they get and whether they continue to fight the war i do think that's different because the difference between between the first instance where it's like a crime is like this person's going to prison probably no matter what so it's not like this person can continue to have an effect on this person's life but the russians just because we stop sending aid doesn't mean the russians necessarily stop or if we sign a peace agreement that the Russians necessarily stop. I think a lot of people are under this idea that like, well, we're going to sign this peace agreement and this peace agreement is going to be the really cool peace agreement that stays and like, there's not going to be another war. But there've been other peace agreements in this war before. There's been other peace agreements that Russia's violated before. The Russians said before invading Ukraine that they weren't going to, that it was just training exercises. And so I also want to make sure that the ending point of this war is not kicking the can down the road, the breaking of the cycle, because what we could do is we could get emotional or, as you would say, act like a woman, maybe <laughs> um, uh, we would get emotional and our emotions to just stop the fighting right now. All we've done is is delay it and make it happen five years from now. And then the problem will be resolved in the future. Not now when most Ukrainians seem to be like, you know, rip the bandaid off. Let's deal this, get with it done now, instead of like waiting to pass the struggle down to their kids, which nobody wants to pass down war to their children. You, you know, this reminds me of sort of like the world's policemen stuff. We, we were criticized as trying to be the world's policemen in the middle East, for example with, you know, terrorism affecting and genocides and all these things affecting innocent people in different parts of the world. And we swoop in out of, out of uh, love of what's right. But I don't see us loving what's right at home. You know, we have, we have, the, we have mm -hmm. the immigration situation out of control. We're, we're acting like we're such do-gooders with other people's other people's lives and who knows what good we're actually doing because uh, without question no matter what we're doing to support the killing is continuing and you're talking about what would they do if we were to stop funding them we don't really know what they would do maybe you do maybe you have a better idea i'm sure you have a better idea that, than i have but i think is that really worse than what's going on now and we need to be, there's no integrity at home, so I don't trust, I really don't trust the integrity of the people who are saying that we should be, other than you, but, but I, I do question your good judgment, <laughs> other than uh, of why we should be supporting these people. Um. Again, I, I never look at it like, do I trust this government official when he tells me his intentions? Because I think people's intentions can be in very bad places, and it can still be for a good cause. An example would be, let's say I want to fight the Nazis. I would say that's a good cause, right? Um, and somebody wants to make money off of selling guns. Now, his intentions isn't, I hate Nazis and I want you to defeat Nazis. But if he's willing to sell me the guns 
in order for me to like you know win the war and accomplish the good thing i'm willing to do that and you know what in warfare ever since human beings could sharpen rocks and use it to bash in the head of other uh, people and hurt other people uh people have been selling sharpened rocks or guns or knives and, and the spears but that doesn't mean that for good causes people haven't worked with those people understanding who those people are and the quality of their character or the low quality of their character in many instances, yeah. they still were able to work with them to achieve a, a better goal. So you don't need to necessarily just trust every single person who supports Ukraine. You can support Ukraine for completely separate and different reasons than them. And as for the question about the world police, if we were to compare the operation in Afghanistan, which cost, I would say what, like $2 trillion dollars or if we talk about the operation in Iraq, which cost, I, I don't even know how much, but we'll just both say a lot of money, right? Um, yeah. The the amount of stuff we've, we've gotten, the amount of success that our aid has gotten in Ukraine in comparison and successes against what is supposedly the second most powerful military in the world, it's a lot of bang for the buck. This isn't a situation where oh, we're about to leave and the whole government collapses because it's so corrupt and nobody wants to fight and there's no morale as we saw in Afghanistan. Right. The reason why the majority of Americans support Ukraine and love Ukraine is not only because of the brutality, because they support their fragile democracy or they think they're... Their, their struggle is righteous is because they see that they're winning and they have the ability and willpower to win because if they didn't have the willpower then the russians would have taken kiev at the start and the whole country would have collapsed but people grabbed up guns took molotov cocktails they were willing to fight street by street in their own no neighborhoods if possible so i think that people see that willpower and see that ability to win and people support it in fact, uh, after the victory at Kupyansk and Lyman and the victory at Kherson, all these uh, victories that Ukraine has picked up since we last talked, um, I was even there during the start of the Kherson counteroffensive. Uh, it was incredibly violent that day. Um, I think the actual amount of Americans who support sending aid to Ukraine has increased uh, after those offensives because Americans see, oh, we like winners. As an American, we love to see people win and we like to be on the winning side. And we see that the Ukrainians can win. So when people say, oh, is this aid helping? If if the goal is victory over an oppressive force, absolutely. You I know, think I agree with MacArthur when he said you enter a war to win. You know, I don't see Ukraine. I could be wrong, but my overall impression of Ukraine is not that they're winning, but that both they and Russia are losing. I do respect um, what I hear, if it's true, of the fact that Ukrainians seem to have the will to fight. I just wish that they could take care of themselves and we start to finally take care of ourselves. Um, you know, you, you mentioned killing the Nazis and we want to get to this Kanye topic. Um, mm -hmm. Did you support fighting the Nazis in that war? You said like both sides were evil. Right. I'm, I'm personally, uh, I know it's a, it's a little controversial, but I'm very anti-Hitler. Right. But I'm also anti-commie, and I don't think that killing the Nazis and killing the commies really did that much good because the, the war is really spiritual, and spiritually we our country has been subverted very more immorally by communists and just evil in general. And so the, I, I, there, was a, there was a general, famous General Patton, I think, who said that we should have continued and gone after the communists, but we didn't. And I don't know if fighting against the communists during that war would have 
done much because really at home, our hearts have gotten just, in my mind, all the more perverse and evil. And our country's really rotting. Like, I have a question. Before mm-hmm. we get to Kanye, I have a call or two to get to. But well, I, I will say just one thing. Yeah. Is whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, the, the crimes of the Nazi regime uh, were, were the furthest thing from God's light you could possibly imagine if you have that image of, like, the type of love that he shared. When we talk about, like, the, the experiments of Joseph Mengele, of just seeing how long Jews could freeze before they died. Right, putting them in ice water, or or trying to attach Jews to each other to make these like weird abominations. Right, trying to play God um, as the as their like flesh decayed, or the gas chambers, or any of these things. That I I, I would say that no matter what bad things the United States were doing at the time, uh, I, I don't think it all could be uh, comparable uh, to uh, the crimes of Adolf Hitler. And I think it's a good thing that he's gone because his goals was world domination to some degree under a regime that would have exterminated millions to possibly i mean if he got really good stroll on like other areas possibly billions of people he didn't really seem to care how many he killed he, he designed like like divisions of criminals and poachers uh to just wipe out villages in in russia because his, his plan was was global extermination i'm i don't know what the real history is i don't I don't sit I don't really take a position on that but I don't really okay. compare evils I, wait as, when you say don't take a position you mean like don't take a position on like Hitler or like the on, war on in terms of the facts of what what you just rattled off you know okay. about what yeah, Mangle sure. I don't know what Mangale did and I don't say that he did or didn't do and I don't you know I I just don't haven't looked into it and I'm not really interested in it okay. I'm lo- I'm interested in present day evil that we have that we're dealing with now and the people who are pushing evil today, such as abortion and, and all these other things, I know you support abortion, but um, at least in, it's just on some level. But these people who push evil today and lies today and fake news today are the ones who are pointing to slavery and history and racism and World War II and Nazis and calling like normal, ordinary, decent people Nazis and racists and stuff. So, like, the evil people today are pointing to evil of the past, trying to distract from the evil that they're doing right now. So, like, that's that's why I'm not that interested in history or even on some level, like, present-day news journalism. I say, yes, this happened according to the reports, but I'm like, I don't... I wasn't there. I don't know what actually happened. I don't know what the motivations were. I don't know what other people did that is not covered. Because there's a lot of cherry-picked things and caricatured... So you're, you're very, like, agnostic on, like, the Holocaust and, like, the, the war and everything? Or, like, you just don't, like, not that interested in it? I'm, I believe, like, if I could, like, if I found information that I trusted, then I would be more interested in it. I am interested in stories. I read okay. uh, Killing the SS by Bill O'Reilly, the great Bill O'Reilly. And that was an interesting book. It was the first time me of me reading a book in, a, in quite some time. But yeah, I'm just more interested in stuff that I can stuff well, that I see around me, like the spirits of the people, because I can't I would, see what those people were really like because they're dead now. I would say like studying history is super important to understand um, not only 
present day because the ripple effects of history uh, affect us today. I mean, the end of World War II and like how uh, the recruiting of certain scientists affected NASA and and like the rebuilding of European security structures that still exist to this day. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, uh, Putin's talk ab- about the Soviet Union kind of all comes back to like why uh, he's possibly invading Ukraine because of this feeling that like Russia deserves an empire, it deserves to be this powerful like. I think history is super important for understanding all this stuff. And I think it's part of the reason why I feel very confident in saying that I think while everything's is like grays, of course, nothing is a hundred percent good and a hundred percent evil, uh, like people as well. Like every, everyone fundamentally in nation states are made of people are flawed to some extent. Right. Um, original sin in a Christian sense. Um, but when we talk about the, the, the war in Ukraine, I think history is, is one of the re- things I would point to that would say for me that why well, I think the Ukrainian struggle is 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 the correct struggle, the good struggle. Uh, for example, the banning of the Ukrainian language by the Russian uh, monarchy for, for generations, or uh, the way the Soviet Union tra- treated Ukraine in a very, uh, at times, abusive manner, really kind of just looking the other way as, as the people of Ukraine starved under Soviet rule. Um, or when we look at American history, I would look towards things like slavery and things that have happened in our history that has affected uh, the future that we that we have today. History uh, affects the future, and we also need to study history to make sure we, of course, like don't repeat it. That's a, a common saying, but I think a historical understanding of American history, of Ukrainian history, Russian history, all these things are important if if we're gonna like talk about these issues and analyze what we should do uh, going into the future. There's no reason that we need to repeat the mistakes of our forefathers. But I think that we repeat the mistakes regardless and in sometimes worse ways because we're taught we're taught like propaganda type history where like you're not even allowed to hear the well you are allowed a little bit to hear like the uh, Confederate side of what went on. And then there's people who, in other countries, who say different things about what the Holocaust really was or whatever, and those people get jailed and stuff like that. So, like, there's this, there's this uh, anti-free speech or forcing people to believe something that just leaves one suspicious. I think it's more important to pre- understand yourself and how evil drives you within and understand how, like, you... how. You, you tend to believe, come to believe things that may not actually be true, both about yourself and about other people. Because people live in their imaginations who know history, and there's wildly different conclusions from different people about history, and just as there are wildly different views of reality today. So, that's how I see it. I, do, yeah. I don't want to poo-poo the studying of history entirely. Of I, course. I, yeah. Um, I, I guess, like, I guess, like, when we when we look at these these countries that have like banned, for example, Holocaust denial and stuff like that. Yeah. These are countries that have been most brutally affected by the Holocaust. Um, I uh, Germany, it. obviously, being that. And so, uh, while I won't agree with it, we live in the United States, where if you want to, you can deny the Holocaust. I would not. I would advise against it because the Holocaust happened. Uh, and it is a really bad thing to say, but you're allowed to like do research into it. Nobody's going to arrest you if you like Google all the facts of the Holocaust and look into the gas chambers and stuff like that. <laughs> People might not want to employ you if you start tweeting out Holocaust didn't happen XDXD, then maybe that'll affect your life, obviously. Right. But you're allowed to look into these things 
And uh, the thing is, um, uh, a lot of people, tens of thousands of people, have tried to, like, create... Uh, just try to like dig up history to try to justify the Confederate cause or try to justify the Holocaust. Of course, there's like the Daughters of the Confederacy for the Confederates, and there's of course a lot of uh, uh, historians or quote unquote historians who have tried to deny the Holocaust, but they always come up short because the, the, the historical truth is just not there. There's just not anything to grab onto to 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 like justify this message. I know there was a lot of people I growing up trying to defend the Confederate flag and the history of the Confederacy, but ultimately like they were unable to because the history was just not there to do it. And so I would say that if you wanted to defend these things or or say maybe there's a good case to be made there, uh, you live in the United States, you can go freely research these things and figure it out. You you read that Hunting the SS book, maybe we, next book could be a few Civil War books or some books on the Holocaust. You know, you mentioned Google, though, and Google itself, like, prioritizes and manipulates results from what I understand. You're not going to get the real news even from Google anymore. So like, you could, it, it I mean, you could to use my... Tor, DuckDuckGo. I yeah. mean, ultimately, um, you can pull yourself up by a bootstrap. <laughs> True. Let's get to a call or two. How about that? We're coming up on the top of the hour. Appreciate you joining me. This is Dylan Burns of Dylan Burns TV. And uh, he went to Ukraine, spent quite a bit of time in Ukraine, and he's a Democrat politically active young man over back east. Maryland, is it? Is it Maryland? Maryland. I live uh, uh, up near Prince George's County outside of D.C. Okay. Let's get to Art in Ohio who wants to talk about the Ukraine thing. Art in Ohio, thank you for calling and holding. You're on with Dylan Burns. Dylan, I want to ask you, do you, do you smell what the art is cooking? Okay. Do I smell uh, what the art thing. is cooking? Artie Art. Yeah, do you see? Uh, yeah. From Ohio. And, uh, yeah. Uh, first thing first is, I'm just sitting back. Come close and, to your uh, phone, man. You sound like you're on a speakerphone or something. No, nah, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. Oh, don't be in the so bathroom. Just, the heck? Okay, let me, let me come out the bathroom. Okay, it's too echoey and muffled sound. Oh, okay, so first thing first, I'm just sitting here looking at my triceps and these biceps uh, aching. Every time I hear a baby killing liberal talking about they support uh, support uh, abortion or whatnot, I just want to go off the top ropes and hit them with the people's elbow. That's the first thing. First thing. The second thing is you saying that uh, you would you want to support going over there to war with uh, being in war with Ukraine. Well, why would you want to be in war with uh, with them or whatnot if you know that Russia's only for trying to protect themselves? Uh, from Ukraine with uh, from biological warfare allegedly that they had next door to uh, Russia. With now Ukraine has biological labs over there in Russia. So if 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 I had knew that somebody was building a bomb next door to my house, you think that I would be cool with them building a bomb or having a meth lab next door to me? So why would I be comfortable? Why would I be mad at Russia for trying to protect themselves from something like that? That's the first thing. First, second thing is. Nah, I'm, I have to talk to you in a couple minutes. I'm on the phone. Okay, for <laughs> second, thank you. Second thing is, uh, second thing is, with all this COVID, COVID stuff going on, that we have no idea what the truth is about this and about that. You want me to take and believe a politician when we clearly know that they lying about a lot of this stuff going on, and take and believe that I should go over there and fight a war that I don't even believe might even be for the reason that they're saying? I, we already don't believe. It. Second thing, second is. 
we already have a problem over here with the border or whatnot, and they clearly showing that they uh they're derelict to duty and uh, they don't have any common sense or know how to deal with stuff going on on their own home turf. But you want me to believe they have the best interest for uh Ukraine or whatnot? Uh, yeah. So uh, let me hear what you got to say about that. So as for the people's elbow, I'm going to do the diamond cutter for planned abortion, uh, for for mm -hmm. uh, for Planned Parenthood uh, in response. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I, I watch <laughs> AEW constantly. But um, uh, as for the question about biological weapons, the Russians did make the accusation that Ukraine was designing biological weapons that would target a Russian DNA through these uh, partnerships with the United States in these labs across Ukraine. Uh, they have yet to substantiate any of those claims. They have yet to provide any evidence for those claims. And the evidence that they have tried to provide uh, is not conclusive and, uh, con quite frankly, just looks very fabricated. I I really, before we start, like, judging Ukraine for questions about weapons of mass destruction, I think, as Americans, we know better than anyone about how lot, how nations can lie about weapons of mass destruction to invade countries. And uh, we had our own WMD scandal. This is the Russian version of that. Uh, the only difference is Ukraine never even pretended or attempted uh, these types of programs that, I, uh, that I'm aware of. They do weapons, like, bi they, they don't do, like, weapons biological research as far as I'm aware. They do biological research, like most countries do, but the Russians have yet to substantiate that claim. As for trusting politicians who lie, you don't need to necessarily trust Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or George Soros or any person you don't trust or whatever. The you don't need to trust media. them. You you don't need to trust mainstream media either, but you can go and you can go and do the research for yourself if you want to look into the history of Ukraine. Something that I would uh, give people advice for is uh, Timothy Snyder, very intelligent man, very uh, good uh, historian, has done a completely free available series on YouTube on Ukrainian history. And if people wanted to maybe learn about Ukrainian history and how, uh, you know, the, the birth of the Ukrainian nation state today, uh, he's not a politician. He's a historian. Historians can lie, too. But he's one that I trust and he's one I would I would advise you to maybe uh, listen to some of his lectures. I find them very fascinating. Appreciate that. Uh, Art, thank you, man. Anything okay. else? Any follow up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick question. So he said he said something about the uh, Russia tried to. Uh, do this and do that or whatnot, but that's the same thing as far as with Adam Schiff and a lot of these other people censor and stuff. Well, if they trying to, uh, Russia was trying to put out the correct information, what happens when you got people over here, liberals that are trying to censor him? And the second thing is that, uh, yeah, I do need to trust you. If I'm dropping my kid off at the daycare, I need to trust you to make sure that when I'm dropping my kid off, they're in a the safe hand. So if I'm a warrior or I'm uh, going to war for a country, America, when I, I need to trust the people that I'm going to war so I know that I'm going to war for the right reason and not just going to war to lose my life for, uh, for, no, uh, for no reason or whatnot. And you clearly see that uh, American soldiers should be uh, uh, aware and uh, maybe uh, skeptical about fighting for America when you just seen what happened with Brittany Griner and, uh, and the about situation. Um, I, I, I would say, uh, yeah, I, I can hear you. Um, I would say, what was the, what was the first one again? It was about, uh, about oh yeah, the about biological weapons. Um, so I watch a lot of Russian state media. 
I do it because I think it's very uh, important to know what. So how you know? How do you know which information you getting? Are you? Do you know if this is liberal? Is this Adam Schiff uh, well, Russian yeah, news? Well, or are because you, it's, are you it's from, Ru- from, it's from uh, Russian. It's from Russian state websites. So I go to Russian state websites, and I watch well, them. Well, that you could can be CNN. But 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 they are the ones making the claim about the biological weapon. So I would have to read the Russian state website's argument as to why they think biological weapons are being made to target Russian DNA. But I have to listen to them to know about the claim. And I listened to them, and they didn't provide any substantive evidence. And they could present it to the UN. They could present it to some international court. They could present it to foreign reporters, and they could try to bring it in to convince people. They could try any of this stuff, but they don't. They don't talk about it at all anymore because no one believed them because it was they didn't have any evidence for it and i think as americans with our history with weapons of mass destruction's claims we should know better than anyone that these claims can absolutely be completely uh uh, fraudulent and not correct um as for trusting politicians i'm not asking for anybody to go fight and die who's listening right now in ukraine uh this is actually a situation where we don't need to send any of our young men to fight and die in ukraine and biden has been explicit about not wanting to send young men uh, and women to go fight and die in ukraine this is a question about aid so i i i don't think um we this you could ask a question about trusting politicians to send aid but this isn't a question about sending anyone over there to die hey well real, real quick one more sorry about the heck real quick so you mean to tell me you want me to trust somebody that russia and a lot of these other countries overseas they're arming their military, investing all their economy's money into military, meaning that they're going to prepare themselves to fight a long, a long war, a long, a long war for maybe five to ten years out or whatnot. But the whole time, you mean to tell me you want me to believe America? They're taking and sending money over here to Ukraine and to giving the free money to a whole bunch of other places, but they're not investing in their own own army to protect themselves when they know that we're about to become coming into a war. So basically. They're depriving our military and setting the military back over here when these other countries are preparing for war. So these are the people that you want me to trust. These people that's in well, office in the uh, I mean, there are countries preparing for war, but Ukraine is at war, right? So there, there's these hypothetical wars that could happen in the future, for say, over Taiwan being the most obvious that people would talk about. But Ukraine's at war right now and needs this equipment right now. They're fighting the second most powerful military in the world, and they're doing ex- pretty well at it. So I would say that, like, yeah, we allegedly. should still prepare for other wars, but allegedly, I mean, I, I can tell you, man, like, they retook the only provincial capital, Kherson, from the Russians. They took back Lyman, they took back uh, Kubyansk, they won the battle for Kiev. The Russians have yet to achieve any of the major objectives that they set out to uh, achieve at the start of this war, which was supposed to last well under a month. It's been over 304 days since the Russians launched the invasion. The Ukrainians okay, have performed so- exceptionally well. So you saying just because they took one little capital would not, which is you, we know they took Ukraine the is only a baby capital a, the Russians captured. Yes, you, Ukraine is a basically a baby. You talking about a baby fighting against a college or a grown man? Of course, <laughs> that's they a not bad hit with baby. Their, uh, it must be stabbing with, that grown man right now. It's like slit his throat, <laughs> bleeding out on the floor. Well, 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 how many how many nuclear uh, supersonic uh, weapons do Ukraine have? None. So basically, Russia is basically being nice about it. And of course, no, they're not going to keep talking to, uh, and trying to prove and show, oh, we uh, got uh, this is a biological weapon. They had, no, they're done talking. And they're now they're about to show Ukraine and show the rest of the world that they're done talking in the game. So they can up, just make a claim. Do- so they can just make a claim about biological weapons and we should just believe them, even if they didn't provide any evidence. 
then I should just well, say could... you should believe Joe Biden, whatever he says about Hunter Biden. He doesn't need to provide any evidence. If Joe Biden says there's no problems with Hunter, what... then there's no problems well, with Hunter. What's well, up? What's up? Well, first, first thing first, you, I mean, you must not have got the memo that the FBI has been uh, blocking Trump. So if you mean to tell me they're blocking one of the, uh, the president of the United States, you don't think they're blocking uh, Russian information that could prove their, their facts they and their points? They, they, they don't have the ability to stop Americans from accessing VPNs to look at Russian websites. Oh, okay, I, I do it okay. myself, you, so you, I can tell you, you personally they can't do that. And so you work for the CIA and you work for the FBI. So how can you substantially yes. prove it and let me know for a fact that that, that is a fact? No, man. You, you because don't. I've been you in just, foreign countries. You know, you're telling you me that the FBI and the CIA have made up, like, fake Russian websites that I visit? What were the websites that I visited? Were they fake websites set up by the State Department? And, I mean, I access these websites not only in the United States, also in Poland and other countries. Like, this would have to be a sprawling operation of not only making fake websites, but blocking the Russian websites across multiple countries and somehow knowing how to do it through a VPN as well. Because, like, I, I have a VPN. I can access it through a VPN. It's the, the CIA is not that powerful. I appreciate it. Where, where they, okay, thank you. Like, I'll catch you later, buddy. All right. Take care, man. You have a good one. Um, I got to read a, a few super chats before I get to another call. Um, That's okay. Over on Odyssey... Though, uh, Commander Kim says, you're lying. There's plenty of evidence for the bio labs and the baby factories and the human trafficking and shell companies to launder money to Biden carry Clinton crime families. Their names are on the board of directors. It's not hidden. I don't know about um, those things, but do you know anything? Can you speak on those? There's no evidence, uh, no substantial evidence that the Ukrainian government, and this was the Russian claim, that they designed bioweapons to target Russian DNA. Now... I could just point to the fact there's no evidence and ask for anybody to substantiate it. But, like, there's also something we could just think about for a moment. Russia and Ukraine have a lot of families that are intermingled across borders. How do you target, design this bioweapon to target Russian DNA in Ukraine? Where what What's the gene split there when these people have done so much intermarrying and intermingling through hundreds of hundreds of years? This would be like saying, we're going to design a bioweapon in the United States to only target Italian DNA. It's like, okay, well, that would kill tens of tens of millions of people within the United States. And we don't just kill Italians because there's so many people who have intermingled between Irish-American families and German-American families and Black-American families. It just it doesn't make sense. It's a fantastical claim you would expect to see in a Marvel movie, not by the second, uh, the world's second most powerful superpower. All right. A diamond on DLive from Eli Ja says it's ironic the U.S. gives Ukraine weapons, but want to ban ours here at home. I support the Second Amendment. Nice. Uh, Elijah says, with another diamond, I never heard about the Nazis stitching the Jewish, pe- Jewish people together. This, is, this has to do with the experience of Joseph Mengele. He was a particularly, uh, particularly bad, bad hombre, if I'm going to use your guys' language. <laughs> um, he was a bad guy, a uh, very, very bad guy. I would, I would advise people to go do, well, actually, if you're squeamish, maybe not, but he, was, uh, he did experiments on Jews. He used them as live test experiments to see how far he could push human beings uh, until, you know, death. And it was, um, I don't know if it was to, like, help with soldiers to know, like, what kind of conditions they could face, but it was very, very gruesome stuff. Elijah mocks that notion saying, well, maybe not that notion specifically, but killing Jews with the big M word machines, pure evil. And the big M is a, uh, sorry, kids, 
Like, um, I don't know if you're catching on to it. I, um, big M machine. Money? Is this a, is this a, no, uh, what, they, what is uh, self pleasuring machines. I don't know. That's, what, oh, that's I got what, you. I don't know if you've heard okay. about that. I haven't heard much about it. No, I, I hear either. people ref- make references a lot. Uh, how come the Jewish population grew after World War II? asks Eli Jah. Um, well, the Afghan population in Afghanistan was was very much damaged during the Soviet invasion. There was a big dip in the Afghan population, but right when the Soviets left, it immediately recovered and then continued to increase. The entirety of a war in Afghanistan, the Afghan population continued to increase. The Palestinian population, despite the bombing campaign from the Israeli government and all of the mistreatment that they have been put through, uh, their population continues to increase. Just because uh, there uh, has been a targeted campaign against a community does not necessarily mean that the community A cannot continue to have children and grow even in uh, very detrimental uh, positions. In fact, um, you could even see that uh, groups of people that are the most successful economically and are the well, most well-off, a lot of times they'll be the people who explicitly choose to have fewer children. Yeah. And you'll see nations that go through horrific, horrific like famines. Uh, recover their populations quickly because of of uh, a large amount of children being produced on top of medical advancements uh, that continue to keep children alive. Interesting, man. Um, Lord Bibby42 with the super chat on streamlabs.com slash the Hake Report says, Hake, please ask Dylan if he got to shoot anybody and if he took any Russians as prisoners of war. And if so, did he then waterboard, waterboard any Russians or torture them with Hake music? Thanks and Merry Christmas, Dylan. I, when I was near the front line, I did show Ukrainian soldiers uh, your song, Hake, <laughs> and they, they considered using it against the Russians, but they ultimately <laughs> made the decision that it would be too cruel to introduce this into, into warfare. <laughs> Pretty funny, man. I'll take that as a compliment. Very nice. Let me get to Frederick in California. Hopefully you have 15 more minutes with us, Dylan. Sure. Yeah, why not? Okay. Frederick in California on the line. Thank you for holding, man. Oh. I didn't hang up on him. He disconnected there. You know what, uh, Dylan? We got to talk Kanye at least. Um, Okay. Let's talk Kanye. So you brought up World War II and the Nazis and Hitler and Kanye has yeah. been expressing his love for them and saying stuff like, it was only 250,000 and it wasn't... And he says, nobody should be killing, but I love Hitler and I don't think Nazis and evil should be put together he, he in the specifically, same place. He specifically said, I especially love Hitler in comparison yeah. to everyone else. So he was like, Hitler's my guy. You know, Not only that I just love him in like a Christian sense, but he said he especially loves Hitler yeah. in comparison to everyone else. So... That's the thing that really gets me because, I mean, you could always make the argument that he's saying, I love everyone because I'm a Christian, right? right? Which is like very, like, basically, okay. But especially love Hitler. Like, if I said, I love everyone, but I especially love Hunter Biden, it's no longer a question of like Christian love. It's like, why do, well, what's different about Hunter Biden? What's different about Hitler here that Kanye likes him? And I would say it's probably his, his position on Jewish people, which is very bad. Now, Kanye doesn't seem to believe that he did the holocaust the way that we're told that the holocaust went down kanye believes that he's kanye believes a lot of things but he believes for one that he's like jewish as well which the real jews is what he says so there's like like the black israelite stuff yeah 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 i think though yeah now he so he 
his love for Hitler is not based in killing Jews, at least not By in the his way, can mind. I, right? Can I just quickly say, isn't this conversation interesting that we're even having this conversation? Kanye West, we're talking about his, <laughs> I know. his love for Adolf Hitler. This is a real conversation we're having right now. Right. Very interesting times. Kanye West always going off half-cocked. I appreciate him, though. I like that he says what he thinks. I used to get annoyed with him, like saying George Bush doesn't care about black people, but it turns out he was kind of right um, because George Bush didn't even, W. Bush didn't even vote for Trump, I don't think. So you know he doesn't care about blacks because Trump loves blacks. And he said, he went after Taylor Swift, which I felt so was- So does Joe Biden, but okay. <laughs> nice. I think, I think, I think at, at the very least they love them at equal or, or different, like I, what, what, what about Donald Trump makes you think he loves black people more than say, Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton? Um, because Trump is more honest about this, oh, you're racist, you're racist, they're always saying you're racist. He doesn't fall for that racism thing, and he doesn't go around accusing people of racism except for black female journalists who ask him questions that kind of imply that he's racist. He calls them racist in response. But other than that, like, he doesn't kiss up to the, ima- the imaginary racism thing. Those other people do that you, whom you named. So I feel that those people don't actually The imaginary racism thing. Oh, yeah, you don't believe in racism, do you? Yeah, I mean, it's way, it's, yeah, I don't believe in it at all. It's so like if a, I right here said, I hate black people, I just, I see them and I'm like, Ugh, not my thing. Yeah. Would, would that be racist? No, that's, that's a taste that you've acquired and it's based on either experience or judgment based on true or false, thi- false things that you've learned about them. Okay. It's Let's no say different it took from, it as... Go ahead. Sorry, continue. I don't want to interrupt you. It's no different from uh, all types of judgment and hatred that people have for one another. It's, it, people either make true judgments or false judgments on one another, and they make those true or false judgments out of love or out of hate. And people can say facts with a hateful spirit, or they can say facts with a loving spirit. But oftentimes, people tell the truth out of love, like JLP, and he's accused mm-hmm. of being racist or so, sexist or whatever, and he loves everybody. Let's say I took it a step further and said, you know what? I'm so sick of, of, of this group of people, black people, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and I'm going to just try to eliminate them all. I'm going to exterminate them. I'm going to make camps. I'm going to do the whole shebang yeah. uh, because I hate them and I want them gone because I believe my race is superior. Would that be racist? No, that would be a that would be a delusional person who is who is doing that. But I mean, the def- the definition of racist, like when we talk about it in like Webster or any of these things, or how people use it, you know, colloquially, uh-huh. the idea that you believe that your race is superior to the others, and you are viewing them in a negative way because of their race, like their race is this, so right. you have negative prejudices towards them. Um, that what I just described easily fits that definition, though. I know easily that it fits, fits the definition that everyone uses. Yeah, it fits the definition, and everybody uses it. But the problem is that it's a distraction from your own evil or other those people's own evil judgmental heart within. They're not looking at their own hatred of the racists, you know, or they're not looking at their own judgments. If you call it what it is at root, which is a judgment then it's something that we all can be guilty of and we all need to watch ourselves. So then the people who are crying racism and anti-Semitism and sexism, those people are often some of the worst offenders of the hatred and judgment that they ascribe to other people. You know, Whether some- or not 
Go ahead. W- sorry to interrupt you, but like whether or not it is you, you determine it to be a distraction does not take away from the fact that it still could fulfill that definition. Like right. there could be different types of hatred. There could be hatred just uh, like there could be religious hatred. There could be racist hatred. There could be hatred due to things as silly as height or eye color or, or you know, uh, height. But uh, what, like whatever, it could be any number of reasons for hatred. But racial hatred, which is racism, is, is a very real thing. It, even if you think it's a distraction, which I would disagree with that but even if you think that you, you can still acknowledge that it's real but you I just can distract you with something that's real but you just called it as a type of hatred and when if we're trying to get to the root of things there racism is not a root of anything it is a it is a a symptom or a uh, or an illusion or an appearance of things rather than the root people accuse people claim that illusion. racism is a root when act, when in actuality it's hatred is is more of a fungus root. <laughs> I know, but the, you know what I mean, man. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I don't think it's 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 an illusion because I think we we see people who who easily fulfill these characteristics I've described about who go out and try to act in racist ways, whether it's in hate crimes or it's how they carry themselves in their life or how they talk about other races. Um, this is within every race, every racial group in the United States. There are people who fulfill this this definition when when thinking about uh, some other race. There's people in it. So I I you can say it's an illusion or a distraction if you want to, but I mean I, I can see it in my physical reality, right? So it's at this point where I feel like we're kind of like splitting hairs here, right? That's why we need to get at the root issue of hatred and judgment. Also, we got away from Kanye. Do you want to get back to it? Or? Um, sh- sure, yeah. That's, why we, that's what Kanye is pushing is whether he's wrong or right, which he may be wrong about a lot of things. He may have be onto some things that are true. He's been pushing love. He says nobody should be killing anyone. We need love. We need morality. And he says his mind, which those three things are very refreshing. And I understand people's support for him on those things. I, I think, um, you know, somebody expressing love, it's okay to, you know, <laughs> you know, be happy about that. Somebody, uh, you know, speaking, you know, confident, confidently about what they like, think is truth. You know, people love confidence. People love these things. Yeah. But people don't love um, uh, Hitler uh, uh, in the way that uh, Kanye loves Hitler. Not in a way of love every other human being sense, but in a especially I love Hitler sense. Mm-hmm. When Hitler, you know, uh, started one of the worst wars in human history, if not the worst war in human history, that brought tens of millions of people uh, into the ground and led to an extermination campaign against Jewish people. And so Jewish people obviously are going to see somebody saying they especially love Hitler and posting images of like swastikas inside of Stars of David and, you know, when he's being told by Alex Jones, like, you don't really mean that. What you really mean, and he's trying to pull him away from it. You can see Alex Jones <laughs> yeah. very clearly trying to, like, give him life rafts. And he's and he's popping every life raft and throwing it back in his direction. So, you know, I especially love Hitler. I I, I don't think I, w- I would ever say that I... I hate the Nazis. I it's really bad to say such a thing. Um, I I love I especially love his Hitler, and then he cast doubt on the Holocaust. That is, I think, something that is uh, is good to criticize. I do think that's something that's good to call out, even if it's called caused by his own uh, mental issues. It's still not really an ex- uh, a complete excuse for the, the the behavior he's engaged in. But his love for Hitler isn't based in the war that Hitler 
according to you, started, or the extermination of Jews that he, that everybody is saying, or, or most practically, well, everybody in the mainstream says that he did, Kanye's, Kanye's supposed love for Hitler or love for admiration for him is based on perhaps, yeah, he's, he's opposed the negative, what he felt was negative Jewish influence in his country. And so that's what Kanye seems to like about, about uh, Hitler. In that but, but Kanye himself has uh, expressed what he thinks is loving, tough love criticism of Jewish people who he feels has gotten away with shy- being shysters of black rappers or something like that. But I don't really think there was really any negative Jewish influence in, in Germany. You don't, but I Kanye does. Kanye does, but I think that Kanye, like Hitler, is using the Jews as a, as a scapegoat. And Maybe. I don't think the Jews, uh, as Hitler accused, made them lose the First World War. There were many Jewish German soldiers who fought and died in service to Germany. Um, there was no grand Jewish plot to bring down Germany to its knees and to do all the things that Hitler accused the Jews of doing. There is no historical record of these things happening. And much of Hitler's delusions, whether it be about the Aryan super race of people of this ancient civilization or his beliefs about weird pagan nonsense or Heydrich Himmler's weird kind of occult castle where he handed out like club rings, all of the stuff that they that they believed in, their weird beliefs about Jews and the occult, um, it's all nonsense. Okay. And so I, I would say that uh, Kanye's been caught up in that nonsense, whether it was due to his own mental issues or, or, or whatever, um, he has gotten caught up in it. And I don't think there's anything to compliment uh, Hitler on when it comes to Jews. And there's no uh, good reason to say that you especially love Hitler. All right, man. You know what? I got to get to Frederick in California. He's back okay. on the line. And he, I think he's kind of on a similar topic as, as this. So Frederick... Uh, you are on with Dylan Burns, Frederick in California. How you doing, Hate? Doing fine. Great. All right, all right. Yes, we are going to stay on this topic because the war in Ukraine, Kanye, Hitler, all of them have the same enemy, and it's going to <laughs> a one-world order. These Jews own the Federal Reserve, and they start wars for the reason of printing money so we'll pay back interest. Period. Donald Trump added $27 trillion to the deficit when he was in office. They own all politicians. So anything you're talking about, they can start a war for any reason. So they, we, got, we got bio labs in 30 countries. Who's we? Ben Hatter. America has bio labs in 30 countries, you're saying? Yes. All right, let's okay. see. We have United States Air Force bases in more countries than that. True. I believe okay. that. Okay, so, okay, okay. So, um, with that being said, the Jewish people, Hitler did, was on something, because the way they eat, they keep their money together. They create their own communities and societies where they censor or neglect, discriminate against everybody else, and nobody else can get into their faction. you got to be born a Jew. All right? So Is there something wrong with that? a group of people... You got a group of, excuse me? Is there something wrong with keeping to your own community and discriminating no, no, against no. everybody else? No, no, no. Hitler seemed they was draining the money from the economy, putting it into other places. That's how they formed Israel in 1946, 47, 48, when um, Britain um, 
alliance was over with from 1914 to 1948. Then they got Israel. Okay, now in America's back in Israel with the Federal Reserve. Printed fake money. We built Israel. The Jews already over here campaigned in 1913 to get Woodrow Wilson during the night of Christmas to sign over Federal Reserve, the United States, to the Federal Reserve. And about 20 years later, we went bankrupt in 1933. So we've been borrowing money. They put politics. They own the television, the telecommunications, ABC, NBC, BET, NAACP. I'm talking about Jacob Schiff, the Bacon Houses of London, Chase Manhattan, Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers, the American Express Card, the Rothschilds. These 12 banks are going to have one unitary money system, and they're going to drain all our money where Mexico's dollars equal to ours. All right, let's this hear from... It's a matter of time, and everybody's confused looking at the Jews, Jews. They're not even real people to begin with. They're not real. What do you mean by they're not real people? They that took mean? a religion and ran with it. 12 Travis got lost and they saying 50 returns. And just because they're the ones that that campaigned and advertised and marketed the best, they get to run a whole fucking world. It's not... Hey, the keep, keep it clean. The culture... Excuse me. I think you said whole effing world. Don't don't cuss, man. It's a children's friendly Oh, show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the OU certification that every company got to get to be kosher... The GMO salmon that they're making and releasing into the stream so they can eat salmon to make it kosher. Sam. I mean, everything is in compliance right under their faces, and they put the tax onto the consumers. All right, you know what? And, we're, and nobody sees it. Dylan, how are you doing on time? We're coming up at the bottom of the hour here. Do you have a few more uh, minutes that you can respond to this? And hear sure, yeah. Chats? Yeah, I can, I can respond to this. Okay. Um, so, number one, I would say that the Jews are re- real people. Um, I've met them. I know them. I've been with them. They're they're real people. They they function uh, in the daily life. They they are real. I think he but means when that it comes they're to not this, actually the original Jews or something like that. I guess I, I guess I, what he means. I, 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 I don't, don't, don't want to get into specifics of, right. of the who the original Jews are. But I will say I that the idea. Hold on, Frederick. Hold on, Frederick. Let me let me have okay, your uh, Dylan response. The idea that the Jews have organized basically every major war and they're the ones who started for finance, um, I think it's kind of – I call this – and I say this in the nicest way possible. I call it Tom Clancy syndrome. And what I mean by that is that everything uh, – you know, the world's very complicated. It's very hard to understand. There's a million different competing interests with a million different uh, people trying to get get to their own means and get what they want. And – there are some people who, who look at this world that's extremely complicated and has a million different interests and is in black and gray and very complicated and is not that easy to understand. And we seek simple solutions. We could say, well, you know, it's all the fault of this group. In this instance, we say, oh, it's all controlled by the Jews. It's all the fault of the Jews. They're the ones who control everything. They're the ones who manage the banks. They're the ones who manage this. They're the ones who did this. They're the ones who started all the wars. When it's going to be a lot more complicated for what started the war in Ukraine. Hardcore Russian nationalism was a contributor. The Russian base in Sevastopol was a contributor. Uh, economics and resources was a contributor. Uh, Ukrainian language and identity was probably a contributor. Hundreds upon hundreds of years of, of Ukrainian struggle for independence. And we're going to say that one religious group that isn't really even that predominant in Ukraine um, is the one who was able to start this war and push Vladimir Putin to do the invasion? Do we have any evidence of this? Do we have a paper trail? Do we politics. have audio recordings? We don't have any of that. 
I, I think that a lot of people want to think it was this one group of religious people because it's a lot easier to explain and honestly a lot probably simpler to wrap our heads around that it was them that did it all than it was a million different competing interests that clashed uh, combined with human error. Honestly, the world is too complicated and there's too many moving parts for any one religious group, definitely a religious group that's such a small minority, to garner that much power around themselves and control the world like a giant chessboard. A million different people have tried to gain that amount of influence and a million different people have failed. Uh, the Jews did not start the war in Ukraine. He, he mentioned, he, met, he interrupted briefly to say that they dominate in politics. He says that this... And politics. Uh, do you, cons do you consider them a, a religious group or an ethnic group, Frederick, or what? I really, I consider them a fake. Oh, and yeah, you said that. Right. People. Well, then how care if they're fake people? Then they're of no concern. They don't exist. No, if they if they run the world, they do exist. They under this facade. Are they fake? You or can't are they... speak of them. You can't speak about them. You can. They're We're speaking about them right now. Although Kanye no, is getting they, punished for well, explain going to me, hard how against. Can they well, yeah, because he said because things that were wrong. I mean, people you're, people don't want to work with anti-Semites, right? Because they make you look bad. If somebody smeared feces on the wall right next to me, I wouldn't want to work with them because they would make me look bad. Um, but no, does that mean I that we're, there's institutional discrimination wrong. against people smearing feces on the wall? I mean, I guess kinda, but I mean, it's kind of deserve it that, that you're going to get that okay, reaction. Okay, let me ask you this. Silly. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If United States buy itself back from the Federal Reserve, would you think that would be wrong? I I don't have a, a strong opinion on the Federal Reserve. It doesn't sound like you he would think, think it was wrong, would be wrong or right necessarily. Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't have a strong opinion on that. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's the people that run the Federal Reserve is the thing Kanye's talking about. When he's saying all these dudes are his friends, the business partners, and the workings within them, they they work in a system that's inclusive and exclusive for Christians and other people. So you'll never know the inner dealings of their families or their networks or their stocks trading. And he don't know that the money that they use in the United States Treasury to print from is just money that they don't have and banking on the interest that's coming back that they don't even have yet. If I was to look at all of the politicians who are part of Ivy League schools and how their children are able to get through into Ivy League schools through the benefits that they give them through money and donations and stuff like that, I could easily create a conspiracy about people in Ivy League schools controlling the world and it's all for the interest of these big money ticket schools and want to get more donations because you want to know what? People in big Ivy League schools, they do overrepresent people in power. They do uh, hold immense influence. But again, the world is just way too complicated for any one group of people to control it all. It's the same reason why capitalism has, has been so successful in comparison to Soviet up-down style communism was because uh, capitalism kind of acknowledges the natural chaos of economics, the natural chaos of trade, of how complicated it is, and it says we're not even going to attempt to manage it. We'll let individuals all across the world do that management because they know what's best for their own lives. So you know, the, you know who the founder... And it works, so I don't understand how... how like we could say, but somehow, you know who the founder of Oxford that, University is. Was it? Is it a Jewish person? 
his his manifest destiny that they was supposed to control the earth and everybody to graduate from Oxford University have to live out his last will and testimony. And this and what? this ain't hard to figure out when you when you got um banks empowering people with money that's backed by not um silver nor gold and you can print as much as you want and as long as you can lend it to Ukraine you can for, they can fund any country they want with the Federal Reserve. They can fund Russia. They can fund Denmark. They can fund both sides of the war. They have a monopoly. When you have a monopoly, it's supposed to be illegal. But if you're okay with the monopoly, that's all I got, Hank. Thank you, Frederick. Interesting call, man. Uh, I appreciate you. All right. Yep. All right. Take care. Dylan, are you still there here with us? Dylan Burns was on the line. You know what? I'm going to take a quick break before I get back to Super Chats. And I don't know if Dylan is going to rejoin us or not. I'll tell you about him at the, after the break here. But let's just, yeah, let's just keep it open. Um, but for now, let's play some Christmas music. Sufjan Stevens, guys. Uh, what child is this anyway? And then I'll be right back. Maybe, maybe not with Dylan, but I'll tell you all about them, how how you can find them. Thanks, guys. Hang tight, you musical Philistines. Here's Sufjan Stevens. Merry Christmas.
Nice guys. We'll be back soon to close up with Dylan. I think. Merry Christmas. From liberal, Suzanne Stevens. Christian Billy Eilish, forget you. Have this strange interlude. Thank you very much for enjoying this mildly enjoyable music alongside Hake. Good song. If this is Christmas music, well, Christmas is now pagan. Hake, make it stop! We are almost back. I gotta close out the uh, interview, which was so rudely interrupted by this technology, with Dylan Burns. Let me see. Are you back, Dylan Burns? Can you hear me? I am back. Maybe, maybe it was the Rothschilds after all. <laughs> trying to, nah, nah. Of course not. But uh, yeah, my technology is garbage. Very sorry about that. It's uh, it no just worries, is what man. it is. I, I took this computer through a war zone. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Right on. <laughs> I have a few super chats to read, and then we'll close out with anything that you want to share with the people, man, if that works sure. for you. Um, Happy to do it. Elijah, who gave the diamonds, gave a couple of more diamonds, and says he, he corroborates what Kanye claims, that the Red Cross had the death count for the Jews at 250,000, as opposed to the 6 million that was documented by other means. Well, the Red Cross were kind of bamboozled that entire war. They were actually given tours of Nazi uh, death camps during the war, and they walked away with the impression of, oh, this is fantastic, this is all good, this is like, everything's fine and dandy, whatever, and then left. 
But the problem was, it's like the state visits in North Korea, where the Nazis will, like, get all the fantastic, uh, you know, most healthy-looking Jews out, and they'll get the, you know, some sports balls and give it to them and make them look like everything's happy, and then once they're gone, then everything goes back to normal, which, you know, the horrific normal. Uh, so I don't know if I would really trust the Red Cross numbers. Uh, I, I don't think 250000 is a valid estimate. And when we talk about the Holocaust, we also... Did, talk about it kind of a little bit in isolation outside of the the campaign of death that was done by the SS and Russian occupied territory and it doesn't even it completely encapsulate the brutality of, of, of uh, Hitler's regime but uh, no I do not trust those numbers okay a last diamond from Eli Ja before I get back to streamlabs he says war in Ukraine is a money laundering scheme dummy and I don't know who I, he's calling dummy but I assume I am the dummy one. Um, I have looked into this claim. I have yet to find any substantial evidence of it. People point towards FTX, but FTX acted as an exchange for $1.5 million of individual donations from cryptocurrency to fiat currency. We have no reason to believe that money did not go for where it was intended, and it certainly doesn't feel like a money laundering scheme if it was only 1.5 million in a sea of of like over now over around a hundred billion dollars. So I, I find a hard time believing that that money that was a money laundering scheme under our noses that we somehow missed and have no trace of. I think people just see a lot of big dollars and they just assume money laundering because they assume the worst uh, in all of these scenarios and people's imaginations run wild. Well, we've heard that both Russia and Ukraine are corrupt, and we feel that many of us on the right, anyway, feel that the establishment government on our side is corrupt as well. Yeah, like, right like for example, it. let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. If if you heard Donald Trump saying, I'm going to give five, $10 billion for the border wall, and I walked up to you saying, nope, because you know what? It's a money laundering scheme. Would that make you say, oh, well, now I don't want it. Never mind. Screw the border wall. It's a money laundering scheme. You would need <laughs> evidence for it. And no evidence has yet to be substantiated. It is funny how big money is so easily um, used and misused everywhere, pr probably everywhere you go, you know. Um, but anyway, last super chat from Lin Yen Chin on Streamlabs.com slash The Hate Report. Hatred is hatred. There is no different types of hatred. There are just different targets for hatred. Dylan is lost, like the liars who claim there are different types of intelligence, when those are just facets which intelligence governs. My IQ is 71, says Lin Yen Chin. And you say? Hey, I, you know, I don't have my IQ on hand. Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry I can't flash the card. But I would say that the reason why we say it's racist hate or this type of hate is to describe it more accurately. If we look at somebody beating up somebody else and we can't properly analyze why he's doing it, if we just say, oh, it's because he hates them. Well, we've, we kind of garnered that much. He's beating them up. Of course he hates them. But that's not going to solve why the hate exists. We need to know what is causing the hate in order to deal with the hate. And that's why descriptor words like racist hatred or sexist hatred or whatever hatred it is um, are important for us to be able to properly identify what type of hatred it is so we can best deal with it. But I say that the race doesn't cause the hatred. The hatred is already in the person and the, and the sex, you know, because men and women hate each other and women hate each other and everybody hates everybody. I, I say that you deal with the hatred and not try to, not try to put an extra punishment for 
a group targeting type of a hatred as opposed to everybody else's more normal, typical run-of-the-mill hatred? I think, I think racist hate is, is and and type of hate that pulls at the at the threads of society and creates division that can lead to very horrific consequences. Uh, Yugoslavia is something I would point towards, toward which where uh, ethnic hatred got out of control and led to genocides and and the splitting of part of what was once a general somewhat prosperous country in Yugoslavia. Um, and that has happened in not only Yugoslavia, but in other countries as well. And so I do think that these descriptive words are important if we're going to be able to identify uh, these, these types of hatred to deal with it. And we need to do everything we can to disincentivize the types of hatred from, from collapsing a society and causing you to kill your neighbors. It's, we, uh, it's we should, very horrific, the types of things hatred can do to you. We should disincentivize all hatred, though, because... Racism is an accusation mainly lodged against whites, who are the generally like the the least of of offenders in America. But this hatred towards whites is out of control, and I say I, that that's not mm. racism. Uh, it's I say it's out of control in America. Mm. Not that whites are getting killed like crazy; they are getting killed disproportionately in terms of the interracial violent crime. But that's not going to solve the issue by pointing out saying, oh, it's anti-white racism. That won't help either. You have to deal with the anger within everybody. I mean, you have to deal with, point people back to themselves rather than uh, feeling like victims and pointing at other people as hating them, which they may well do. I, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think, well, first off, I would say that the majority of hate crimes are committed by uh, white people. Uh, just statistically, it would be nearly impossible for that not to be the case, right? But because the majority of Americans, but, yeah, but but you're saying, but you said that it wasn't mostly white people, but it is mostly white people. But I didn't say hate crimes. I'm talking about interracial hate crimes are are a political thing that we should get rid of. But it, well, the, I, again, I would point towards the idea that hate crimes threaten the this the the security and tranquility of the state in a way that other types of crimes and murders do not do. Crime, of course, causes a level of instability, but it doesn't in, inspire a certain level of instability in, in others. If I hear one guy murdered somebody else, I don't think those motherfuckers. People, a lot of times, that's not what's going to come over people. But if you hear person murdered. Person, person A murdered person B because person B was part of this group, that is going to cause more instability. For example, you don't see riots following X, Y, and Z murder of some random person and some random mugging. You see it when we find out it's it's racially motivated. We but see massive protests after. And, because but that's, but that's the thing. Is you're, is you're saying that, oh, just don't really don't pay attention to it or just call it hatred or but it's maybe like, let's, let's not acknowledge that it was racially motivated in some way if these hate crimes occur. But we can't deny reality. But they're imagining that and it's... They're, and, but that's not always the case. Like, a lot of these... Most of the time, uh, it hate is. crimes... Uh, it depends George on the case. Floyd I mean, was, George Floyd was not a racially motivated situation, but they whether, pretended like it was whether, racism. We don't know for sure exactly what motivated So Derek then why Chauvin. did they riot? What we, do, what we do know is that it was an instance of police brutality. No. And it, the, it was an instance of police brutality. It no, it was not brutal. Was. It... I think choking someone to death is brutal, yes. I don't know that it was... First of all, I don't believe that it was necessary. Uh, well, far be it from me to, to disagree with the correct narrative. But my point is that 
he- that may have been excessive force, maybe. It, it may well have been, I don't know. Um, but the- the pretense, it's- that was an example of this witch hunt against imaginary racism, uh, and against white people, white cops especially. Blacks are killing more than twice as many whites every year as whites are killing blacks, but we're told that whites are- blacks are the most- biggest victims. They're also the biggest perpetrators you, of the violent you crime. You don't- I- I don't think you're understanding what what I'm getting at. When these types of things happen, no, I get when it. When right, the instability just naturally happens, not only in the United States but in every country. Now, your solution hasn't really worked anywhere, as far as I'm aware. Nobody's the tried solution it. Solution is, well, you can say nobody's tried it. Nobody's but tried truth. The solu- you, nobody's tried truth. Yeah, I, because I think if you look at the, at the media, the, the the media has been nobody's tried truth. The Nobody me- in any country has ever tried truth before like you're offering. Right, because if you look at how the media is being very... Thank you, man. <laughs> it sounds a little bit sarcastic, maybe. But it is a little. <laughs> the media has been very dishonest, and I don't know if it's because they're, they're just self-deceived themselves. Because I've, you know, in relationships with women, I've seen them just outright lie and really believe their own lies. Maybe the b- media believes their own lies, but they're very dishonest, and they incite this type, and so do the politicians, and so do the academia people, a bunch of liberals, they incite this and justify the anger and hatred of blacks towards whites and POCs and, and women towards whites and men, to where you're, you're treating normal behavior as though it's this horrific thing, and, um, and so it's a, that's what's increasing the instability is these people are playing innocent like it's it's the uh, Derek Chauvin causing instability and the racist whites causing instability but no it's the uh, it's the subversives who are also causing the instability and it's the failure of the angry hearts of the blacks and the Antifa people and the angry young people and the um, impressionable emotional females who overreact to that stuff. So if you point out hatred and anger of the individual, then you're more likely to have cause people to look at themselves rather than uh, get on a mission against to fight against this imaginary boogeyman of racism. I don't think it's gonna work to go to black communities or communities that historically, you know, have lower uh, lower incomes and have a higher disproportionate rate of incarceration and have a history of, of discrimination and go to them and tell them when these instances happen of police brutality or or so hate crime of some sort or anything of these things happening, and go to them and say, well, I know you're angry because so-and-so died and you're extremely poor and you've got all these issues, but I think the real solution is to look within your own soul at your own hatred but that instead, is of, instead of looking at the problems within society. Because the problems within society is why they're angry. No. It is it's absolutely. No, it starts in the absolutely. Whole, there's a reason. Why, there's a reason why it's disproportionate. There's a reason why this anger is disproportionate amongst the communities affected by these societal issues. It's because societal issues is where this anger is coming from. But it's that anger is encouraged, and it is fed from angry mothers, and they they don't have their fathers, and they're fed this this exaggeration slash lie why, of racism. Why is it? And Why so is it th- that there's so many people that have both parents as well uh-huh. and don't have these angry parents and angry fathers and angry mothers Everybody that are does. still 
angry that I said, well, then if everybody does, then your solution to everything is just, you know, angry parents look within yourself. Right. That's the solution to every economic problem. And, that, and you say it's not working. Every problem. It's a cure-all. It sounds like, uh, you sound like um, From a little there, bit like one of those 1880s hucksters saying no, this will cure your cancer, this the, will cure your <laughs> diseases, this will cure your everything. The point is, like, then you can see clearly, though, you can have wisdom in how to deal with the, the situations and have men of logic like, I think that was a famous line of, on the hippy-dippy round table. Men of logic. <laughs> Men of logic, uh, rather than emotional, intellectual, female-minded liberals and, I, and rhinos running the show. I, th- I Je- think Jesse Men Lee, of Logic... Jesse mm-hmm. Lee has brought that, um, that message to the blacks, and blacks are waking up and turning around, and, and really all people, because it's a, a message, like you said, for everyone. I think Men of Logic... Are you still a Christian? Will- um, it's, I don't really know anymore. It's oh, kind of hard because, um, <laughs> don't let all the, the Christians that turn I, you away from being a Christian. That's what it feels a little bit like. Hey, hey, you earlier today was like all these people, you know, they believe in <laughs> Ukraine. So I'm again, you know, I'm looking the other way. Why can't I do that? Why is it wrong when I do that? But okay. No, we'll go ahead. Anyway. Okay. But, um, I, I think, me, I think men of logic would still look at the situation and would still say that this, this, there's societal issues that have to be addressed. If we're going to deal with the disproportionate levels of crime in certain communities, disproportionate issue of of poverty, uh, of low standards of education, and all of these issues. But last thing I wanted to say, you keep calling these these people rhinos. I assume you're referring to the John McCain types, maybe the Mitch McConnells, uh, these types of people. I would assume you're calling the rhinos. But the MAGA movement and this new wave of Republicans are the new people on the scene. They're the new kids on a block. Yeah. John McCain, Mitch McConnell, they've been in the Republican Party a lot longer than Donald Trump and most of the MAGA movement, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates. these people have been. So my question, Rhino stands for Republican in name only. <laughs> they've been Republican a lot longer, and they've been doing stuff this way for a very long time. Wouldn't the real rhinos be Donald Trump? Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, the people who have just arrived to the Republican Party and want to change everything to make it different than what it has been historically? Well, I say rhino because these people have, and many of the people whom you mentioned about the MAGA stuff, have, have forsaken the, the platform of the Republican Party that was once about family, morality, God, love, country and strong military and stuff like that, strong borders. Um, the people who forsake those values are what I mean by rhinos. I basically mean the whole, practically the whole Republican Party, except for like one or two, are a bunch of what I would call rhinos. So, I, I guess... I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, I look at George Bush. This is somebody who tried to make a constitutional ban on gay marriage, right? But that was decades you had... ago when it was politically expedient. Wait, wait, wait. That was that was 2007. De- well, right? a decade ago when it was politically expedient. Then, then you go through the Obama presidency, then you go to Trump who had Mike Pence as his president, somebody who was in favor of conversion therapy, mm-hmm. but is also getting labeled as a rhino, somebody whose whole career has been based in God and religion and trying to apply religious stand- standards. His position against the needle exchange program from a religious perspective um, got him a lot of heat and a lot of heat, and he eventually had to turn back on that position because of so much, how much heat was taken on it trying to defend that position. I, I really, I, I, God has had a hold on the Republican Party for a very long time. Uh, the, the power of the church has, and I the don't think it's going anywhere. 
But I, I think really the the thing that might be making you angry is that some maybe some Republicans like Mitch McConnell, who have been working in politics for 40, 50 years, are more willing to compromise to some extent, even though in uh, very little. Um, and maybe that's why they're being called rhinos. But um, really, the Republican Party of Mitch McConnell and these people hasn't really changed since Ronald Reagan. It's basically the same Republican Party. I just think Weakness. that, you know, just Trump wants caving. to go further than what they have historically gone to. So, yeah. again, Trump would be the rhino, not Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I'll take it. That Rhinos for Christ. <laughs> anyway, man, <laughs> it's been great talking with you, Dylan. Uh, last quick super chat from Lin Yen sure. Chin, if you can. Uh, sure. Lin Yen Chin says, Dylan, calm down and process rather than justify delusion. Hate is just hate. The reasoning as to why a person is feeling or showing hate in a given instance is not a magic flavor to hate itself. A car does not become a black Asian car because I am using it. Oh, because he's uh, black and Asian. He's mixed. Um, I, I do think that the, the reason why somebody hates is important to analyze and important to describe. If you don't, then I would just be like, if we talk about war in Ukraine, which is, oh, Russia hates Ukraine, Ukraine hates Russia. And then you don't need to get into any of the details of the history and stuff like that. It's a very simplistic explanation, but I think the nuance is important. I think the reason, though, is not the uh, surface-level physical things. It's the, it's the evil of the heart. And it starts in the home. You know, what is that, heartboard? No, like in the... In the it starts... It, the problem is with the person. It's not with... Uh, nobody hates blacks just because they're black. It's because well, of... Anyway. People can, be, people can be taught to hate. People can have propaganda that, that that's what happens. Them and makes them hates as well. That's what but that's not something mothers. that that was naturally. Well, it's not even fathers. just. It's not just from mothers and fathers. It's also from society, from advertisement uh -huh, that portrays encouraged. people in a certain way. Radio programs. I've listened for sure. to, for example, the prime minister, the, the former president of Russia, who's one of Putin's right hand man, said Ukraine. This is a disease of the mind. <laughs> when I listen to the type of dialogue on Russian state TV, this is the dialogue of hate and Russian soldiers hear this dialogue, they go to Ukraine, and it's not that surprising that with that type of stuff in their head and with them running into so many problems and losing so many of their buddies, that when they capture prisoners of war, sometimes horrific things happen. But if I just say, oh, it's because they hate, then I'm not analyzing why that, where that hate's coming from, exactly what, 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 why they hate them, where the, where the source of it is, and I can't deal with it once the war is over to make sure these things don't happen again. Well, I appreciate you joining me, Dylan Burns. Dylan Burns TV, Dylan Burns 1776 on Twitter. Um, last, promote any, any last thing, and then we got to go, man. We're overtime. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram, Dylan Burns TV, YouTube, Dylan Burns TV. If you want my live daily stuff and not my longer projects, Dylan Burns Live on YouTube. And I also stream on Twitch, Dylan Burns TV. Um, you know, I, I just want to give a, a shout out to my man, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Uh, I want Hunter Biden and Zelensky to run for president in 2024. I think it would be a great coalition. I want Dr. Fauci to be head of the CIA. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Make sure you tune in to Church with Jesse Lee Peterson on Christmas Sunday. If you hey, like. Hey, man, I'll be, sure, I'll be sure to tune in for a bit. Right on, man. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys. This has been the Hake Report. We got to end. We're overtime. Sorry about that, uh, Hassan. Uh... Last track, do we, can we play this last track? Last track from Phil Hahn and Steve Johnson. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Bye, guys. See you tomorrow for Christmas Adam. Angels.